Waz Up and welcome to the Waz Up podcast. It's great to have you guys back here. I'm here on a Tuesday night recording this one and um, looking forward to getting into the, uh, the game with you guys a bit. I know it's a bit of a tough one, but uh, we've got to break it down either way. And then uh, I'm just going to give you guys the run sheet now. We're going to do some key takeaways firstly from the game. And then we're going to get into our player ratings. And then because it's a Tuesday night, uh, the team list is out. We'll break down that team list for you against the Cowboys. And then I'll give you some final thoughts for the la um, the last block. So hang in there with me, guys. I appreciate your guys' support. But let's get this party started. Okay, guys, some key takeaways that I'm going to take away with me uh, moving forward from this game. Now, I was watching a, a YouTube video of Matty Johns, actually. And he was talking about the Warriors game. And he talked about an interesting point. And he's quite, I quite like Matty Johns. I'm not sure if you guys do. But he has some really good insights. Um, he talked about Webster in particular. And, and there was a lot of shots during the game where Webster was, you know, kind of standing up. Uh, Vossi even said, does he even have a chair? Because he was just on his feet the whole time. And you can see there's agitation and frustration piling up. And... Uh, Matty Johns attributed that to saying that sometimes coaches can sense when a loss is coming. And I kind of felt I agreed with what he said there in, in a little bit there. I, I feel that maybe Webster, with the frustration and the agitation you could see on his face, that he knew that things weren't going how they should be or things. And, that, and I think the coaches have the best sense of their players and what they're capable of and when they're not firing and when things aren't going their way. They can, and that can also cause them some frustration. But I thought there was a good sign that I think as fans, as a fan base coming off the emotional high of the Sharks game, we could probably sense that as well, that there was a storm brewing and then the Knights were on the up. And based off of, yeah, we came back against the Sharks in an amazing game. Um, <clears throat> you'd have to say that we were trending downwards a little bit with our defense. <clears throat> and so... I, th I think maybe Webster saw that, and we talked about last week as well, that he took a day off trying to find some energy for this team. He talked in the press conference about not addressing the starts. He didn't want it to be a focus on the on the players' minds as he would already has been ramming that messaging into them. So you can kind of sense that <clears throat> he could feel like a bit, a bit of mental fatigue in his players uh, setting in and a bit of physical fatigue. And I think that's a really good point. Um that Matty Johns made is that he could maybe sense that something wasn't right. And I could, as soon as I saw the scoreline for half time, I didn't watch the game live, unfortunately, but once I, I saw a pattern again, similar mistakes, things happening the same way, yeah, I thought, okay, it's just the, the, the amount of work we've done, the style of play, everything leading up to this was leaning towards a loss. But then there were patches in the game where we actually dominated and lifted our performance and outplayed the the uh, Knights. <clears throat> so you got to say that the well and the ability to dig deep, um, this team has it. They've, they've got it in spades. Um, there's patches where they just are dominant, that where they their fitness outshines the other team and they can get on top of them. Um, but there are also patches of individual lack of composure, lack of patience, um, errors, mental lapses, defensive lapses, all those things. So it's a mixed bag of emotions, and I think a lot of people are feeling that way because there are 
uh, quite a few negatives, but also quite a few positives to come out of that. And so, um, I think that's the the challenge moving forward is how do we take the the negatives and the po- positives together and try and build on a better performance. Um, and I'm sure Webster's trying to figure that out. Now, the other point I wanted to bring up with you guys. Now, this one's a bit of a philosophical idea that I've thought about, but bear with me. I'm just going to try it and, and see what you guys think about it. But like a lot of the big talk has been around like words like resilience, commitment, fighting for each other. Now, in my eyes, things like resilience are an emotional uh, or a it's determined on your personal desire to co- to commit to that. And if I draw upon, say, someone that's an alcoholic or someone with an addiction, when they draw upon purely by, you know, desire to improve, um, that that can only last so long. Um, so, for example, an alcoholic, he might say, or he he or she might say, is that you know, I'm not going to drink again. I'm just going to fight it out with all my energy. I'm just going to resist. I'm going to resist drinking again. That person may be able to resist for a while, but after a while, that desire to resist can wane because desire can be fleeting. It can be waning. It can be, um, it can diminish uh, as much as it, it can help. It can it can strengthen. It can also diminish without. And and what and, and then an alcoholic will either lapse or someone with an addiction will lapse. Because they haven't put in place the structures, the support networks, you know, the change of environment, whatever it may be, to support that person to be able to make better decisions. What I'm getting at is that you can't always build performances off resilience. In my eyes, you have to be able to have the support structures in place that you can always fall back on. You can't always fall back on resilience and effort. You have to fall back on systems, structures, talent, communication, things that you can inbuilt, uh, build in and always fall back on them. On them, And that's my view is that I think a lot of our players, their, their desire to be resilient waned a little bit. And you can just tell it from mental fatigue and just physical fatigue from traveling that there was a little bit of that lack of effort. And it's no fault of their own, I just think... That's part of the grueling task of being an NRL player. There was one set early on where there was a whole set. We didn't get one of one of the Knights players to ground in, in our tackle. Three guys in the tackle, but we couldn't get them on the ground into a dominant position. So it just tells me that they're trying their hardest, but you can't rely on that effort to get you through. You need, obviously, your star players in the right positions. You need the players that are usually coming off the bench to be in their positions. And so when you start taking those people out of positions, that that you're starting to ask them to do things they're not good at or they're not accustomed to, and you're asking them to use that desire and that resilience as the main, um, I suppose, force to help them get through the game. Whereas what you need is structures, players, talent, all in the right places and the systems that you can always fall back onto. Now, I'm not saying that we're all about resilience because the structures are there. I mean, there was a 20-minute period, 20, 25-minute period in the second half where we were completely dominant, I thought. We got into the grind. We got to our kick chases. Our offense was working quite well. So it's not as though um, 
we don't have something to fall back on. We definitely do. I'm just saying for an 80-minute performance with the the injuries that we have, those resilient things aren't going to, they're not going to cut it. You have to have all the systems in places, your edge defense. These things have to be like clockwork without thinking about it. Um, and at the moment, some of those things aren't working out. But I just thought I'd bring up that point as I thought, I, I, I commend Webster for, for building in those those things, but we still need to strengthen our systems, strengthen our, uh, our structures, um, and with the injuries that we've got, we're going to have to find ways to build those systems and 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 allow our players to still continue to use res- our resilience in those. But they need some structures to fall back on. Um, just a thought there. I might be way off, but I thought that re- there, uh, that are um, was the word. You know, it sounded good to me. <laughs> now I want to give credit to the Knights. I think they're a good side. They're a completely different team to what we saw in round one. I think I I haven't really been watching them, but I thought with Ponga out that you know they they're probably not going too well. But you know what, Jackson Hastings is a good half. Uh, Phoenix Crossland, as their five eight played really well. Um, they they wanted to get into the grind and they were resilient defensively. And I think if we're talking about about resilience and then structure, they had the structures in place, they had the resilience and they had more energy in them because they were at home. So those things come into account when you're talking about you know who's the more resilient team while the team at home that's fresher that hasn't had to travel they're going to have a bit more juice in the tank to fight and they fought hard on defense now i've got to give them credit now i know for myself personally watching the game i watched it uh knowing the scoreline i didn't watch it live so i think there's a lot of people that watched it live that felt the emotion of the referee when i watched the game knowing the scoreline um I actually had no issue with the referee. I thought he was fair. Um, I thought even his six against were fair for in our favour. Um, yeah, you can dispute maybe some of those those piggyback penalties, but we've got to be tighter. We've got to be more consistent. We have to be patient. We can't cannot be too eager. You have to just allow to get off the defensive line at the right times. We were getting caught out being too eager, trying to shut things down early. Um, so I have no issue with the referee there. Um, so yeah, going back to the Knights, I just thought they were really good. Tyson Frizzell, I thought had an amazing game. Uh, their whole back five were, were, were powerful, explosive, um, and they just caught us napping. You know, there was, there was, I know people were talking about the edges, but there were three tries off of kicks in the middle of the field and they're won by Kurt Mann. We just got caught napping. Like we just caught caught napping. There was no plan in place, you know, to who was gonna contest the bombs. Um you know, the Phoenix Crossland irked me the wrong way because I thought I thought those guys on the weak side of the of the defence that should have come in and filled those gaps up. You know, the the play hadn't finished. They you know, they'd already checked out from the play and thought, Oh, those guys are gonna take care of it. You still have to come back to the middle of the field and create a defensive line just in case the ball does shift back. And when I saw that massive space in behind Crossland, I, there was a concern for me that the guy, the players have checked out a little bit. They've, they've, they're fatigued and they're just checked out of the game and not focusing on the one percenters. And that was, that was my only concern. <clears throat> but full credit to the Knights. Uh, happy for them. There was nothing in this malicious in this game like I thought in the Sharks game they just they were just the better side on the day 
and you give them credit and you move on. And then the other thing, guys, is we just have to take this loss and move forward. There were a lot of positives out of this game. Actually, I want to address some of those. I really enjoyed um, Tom Ali. I think what an amazing effort he put in to put himself out there and show what he has. Now he's potentially fighting for a starting spot. And that's what we want from our development players, you know, to see them come through and shine. And it's a credit to those that have put the time and effort into Tom and a credit to him that he's he had such a good performance. Um, I really loved, just loved his effort and energy. Um, another one was, I, I just noticed now that we've the team list has Walker um, and, and at 5'8", there were some good shining spots with Walker at 5'8". And actually, if we're going to move ahead with him at 5'8", until either Metcalf or Martin comes back, then I think there's potentially some good signs there as well. Um, I talked about the 20-25 minute mark after half time. I thought we do we dominated and really did well on that that period. I think we had every excuse under the sun just to fade, but we fought back into that game. Um, I know we leaked the 30 points, and that is a concern, uh, but we fought back into the game, which is, again, credit to the boys to hold their nerve and be patient. So, um, But we have to take this loss and move forward. Take the positives out of it. Um, there's a few injuries. There's a few things that um, that aren't going our way. But there are some players like Ale, a few individuals that are that are, are shining, and and you hope that they continue to develop and grow. So, those are my little key takeaways from the game. I know everyone's a little bit dejected, and I know I can sense that everyone's a little bit fearful, um, and that we hope that there's not going to be a pattern set with what the def defense you know leaking 60 points in two games but i think so far if we if we think about it we just got to be patient uh it's going to be a long grind it's 27 rounds it's going to be a long long grind so far the boys have done amazing uh let's just reset get ourselves home and build for this game against the cowboys but that's my key takeaways guys and now we're going to move on to the player ratings Okay, guys, the player ratings. I've got um, CNK. Start with the fullback. CNK, I've given him a 7. Um, I, I loved his energy. I mean, his run meters were up there. Um, he had to fill in at 5-8 uh, there for a little bit. Um, he set up that try for, for forward, which is really, really nice. Um, I just thought some of his touches out the back were crabbing towards the sideline sometimes. Um uh, but I, I love his overall effort. He's always putting his hand up. Um, sometimes maybe too much, but I can't fault um, CNK too much at the moment other than some positional things. that I think he's a player on our goal line defense. He loves to be on the line, and the emphasis, I feel, has been to protect the middles. I think if you're looking at what structurally goal line defense-wise we're trying to do is we're trying to protect the middles for whatever reason, we're getting caught out on the edges, but we're, we're being sucked right into those middle lead runners, and we and, and for whatever reason, we want to try and absorb those first, whereas CNK, he's getting sucked in and in around the market area on the goal line, and he's not able to get out to the back in any covering tackle type position, so that is a massive concern of mine, and hasn't been resolved, but you, I think like a lot of our players... You live with some of their their flaws, um, and you hope that the coach can kind of, you know, cover them up or hide them, and and accentuate their strength. So, 
but I've given him a seven. Now, Corsi, I've given him a six. Um, now, there's an issue there on the edges where Pompey's getting sucked in a lot, and, Con- and, and Corsi's on an island out there, and he's he's playing, you know, the gambler at the moment. He's taking a lot of risks. He's playing in between those channels, going for intercepts. Now, sometimes it's working. Obviously, he got that one massive intercept. Uh, sometimes it's not, but... I don't like that he's in that position all the time, playing between the centre and the wing, um, going for the intercept. It tells me that the the, the edge defence isn't getting out to the spots that they need to cover. And those interior, I'm talking from the back row, it's it's really the back row, SJ, Pompey and Cosi. That chain isn't moving or sliding and they're getting and actually quite passive. They're not setting an edge, and that's what my concern is, that we're not setting edges to force traffic back inside. We're being very passive, waiting for them to come to us, but when, once they start coming towards you, that it's over, you know, once the once the numbers are loading up and then you're in a retreating uh, position, that's that's when you really got to be concerned. So, um, But I've given him a six. Uh, Pompey, I've given him a, a seven. Uh, I thought he was great footwork for the, his tries. His first try, if you look at the detail of it, he ran a really, really strong line and just made a slight little adjustment to get that try. And then the second try was just beautiful footwork. Like That's what centers are supposed to do. Centers are supposed to work in small spaces and create spaces. You know, that's what a, um, that's what a class center does. And I'll give him a credit on offense. I thought he was great. Yeah, sometimes he's lapsing at the moment on defense. He's having little mental lapses that... Now, that's the difference between him and someone like a gay guy. Gay guy can stay on 100 the whole 80 minutes, effort-wise, mentally, making the right reads. And and so you just want Pompey to continue to improve and grow. You want him to sort of say, you want him to say, oh, you know, if he has three mental lapses in the game, you want him to have one or two in the next game. And if he has two in the next game, then you want him to have one. You just want him to keep improving, to keep his energy up. And so that he he has you know some brain fades he has some energy fades, but you know some of the things he's he's doing at the center position on attack is just it's 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 world classly um, should I say? Um, now we're going to go to Vilea. I've given Vilea five guys. I thought their effort to tackle Young was poor. He should have cut cut him cut him off at the legs. Um, and then my other issue was. Um, yeah, just some just some mental lapses as well. Uh, I think our, our centers are struggling to to stay locked in and, and reading the play. Um, but I think it's always the chain, the chain of defense. Uh, now uh, he got a little bit more ball this time, uh, Vilea, but his lines, you know, Gago was jamming him well and, and just outplayed him, you know. Um, but I think he can improve. I really do think he can improve. And we're persisting with him until Williami comes back. So this is all good growth for him. Yes, fans will get upset. People will get upset. But for Kossi himself individually, this is good opportunity to grow. Take the opportunity in the first grade when you can get it while Williami's out and, and, and improve from it, you know. So I'm, I'm happy with him. But, you know, it is costing us a little bit. But he, he just needs to improve. Montoya, I thought 5.5. I thought he was too aggressive. That jamming on, we just spoke about um, the Dom Young try. He didn't need to do that. The The pattern was already set. Everyone had already slid, slid across. It was two on two. 
he just needed to sit in his and it was 10 meters out we didn't need to have a massive jam in there it didn't need to be done i think he just has some moments of of panic or some moments of uh, over aggression even his play the balls we saw that that pivotal you know knock on it's just over aggression and, and not staying within yourself so that i think that's an individual thing for him he needs to sort out he needs to channel that aggression a bit more better you know especially in the play the ball area and then on defense making the right reads so um to mighty might i gave him a um a seven up till the point he he got the i thought he was good i thought he uh, defensively he's 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 sound and then i thought up till that point he was he was attacking the line on his own and hey if you don't have a, a, a major kicking game or, or just run the ball as a half i believe run the run at the line um so i gave him a seven sj i gave him an eight i thought his kicking was pinpoint apart from the one to dom young of that 20 meter restart i thought setting up pompey twice was really good and then i thought his kicking game goal kicking was good too just so i gave him eight i thought he's just again really solid performance by sean and and you know really changed from last year and years previous so i want to give him a full you know give him credit um i've given afb a 7.5 i kind of want to give him an eight just mr consistent at the moment consistent with his roll on and even him i, I love the minutes he's giving us he's giving us pound for pound some of the best minutes out of the team in terms of what he's giving you he's giving you strong hit-ups like consistently strong hit-ups i'd love to see what his per average is um shorts over 10 meters um and then obviously his defense i believe is sound as well in the middle so you just want him to have a running mate you know we're going to get to bunty in soon and you want him to have a running mate that like that lodge one two punch or, or something similar where you can elite you can actually enhance his game more at the moment he's carrying a lot of that burden of the middles and so yeah, we, we're missing Barnett and we're missing uh, Marata and we're missing those players that can really, you know, kind of lift, enhance his game a bit more. So, um, but he's still carrying the, the the weight of expectation, I think, really well. So, enjoying watching him play. Egan, I gave him a, I gave him a seven point five as well up till that point. I thought he was really, really good. Um, these these HIAs are concerning. That he's had two already, is he two or three? It's it's a bit of a concern. I just hope that he's okay. Uh, but yeah, now um, it's just you want him to get into consistent pattern of say, f well, you want him to play every week. Um, but having these inconsistencies, I hope doesn't impact him, and I hope he can recover well. Bunty, I've given him a four. That might be a, an emotional one, but. I'm just not sure what he's giving at the moment. Um, but I know others have said that, you know, maybe we don't know what the coach is asking him to do. Maybe he's doing exactly what Webster wants him to do, is to, you know, take that initial grunt and, and you're not going to get the, the shiny numbers that the other players get, but you're going to do the grunt work and set a tone. But I'm not sure. Uh, I think we're, we're, we're lacking something in our starts and it's evident that we need something more in our starts, and I ho and you'd, you'd hope that it'd be someone like him to be able to help lift the energy a bit more, but it's just not happening at the moment. Um, Ford, I've given him a 7.5. I thought he ran hard a lot of his lines. Um, I thought he defended well. Um, he got penalized a few times for 
overexcitement, but I, I couldn't really see the issue with his efforts. Um, some of his lines I've got an issue with in terms of he views himself as getting the ball a lot off of SJ when that shape is going out to that left side. What sometimes he needs to do more of is actually cut back inside as a decoy, cut the angle back in towards the play to create the space with Martin. So Martin, when he was getting the ball, it was because um, I felt that Ford was running uh, an outside line. And so then when the ball went out the back to Martin, the defense was already turned towards him. And so you could see a lot of our shifts were sideways. There was one shift early in the first half where Vailea nearly got taken out of the sideline. It was just... We weren't redirecting the trap like we weren't straightening our decoy runners weren't straightening up to create the space from the inside um so but that other than that i thought he was really good and um so current i've given him 7.5 as well i thought a really good solid game i think you know the 60 tackles is is immense um, um you know maybe we're, we're definitely missing new quarter on in terms of an offensive punch through the middle to sort of attract attention i don't think it i don't think current's attracting that that much attention in terms of you know as a decoy runner so a lot of his runs were actually unders from sean and, and going back in towards traffic whereas he wasn't really getting much of those short boys short balls like how he scored last week just wasn't it wasn't either the lines went right or he just wasn't attracting that those types of plays um but i still thought for the defensive effort he's done i thought it was amazing jazz i've given him a 7.5 as well I thought really, really good. Um, just getting through a mountain of work. And uh, like for someone like me, I talked a bit about resilience. Jazz is showing a lot of that resilience, but he's really a, an impact player. And so when you're taking some of those structures away from these players and asking them to just work hard, you're still missing out. Uh, and so we are missing Tohu, but I hope that Tohu can come back this week and then Jazz can fill in off the bench again and just be as dynamic. But... He's he's such a good player and he's done so well, Jez. I've got to give him credit. Uh, Walker, I've given him a seven point five as well. I thought he was just um, he may have overplayed his hand a few times, but no, I've got to give him credit. He went out on the edges and and was trying to spark something. He was always trying to get some something going when we were a little bit flat. Uh, there was times as well when you know he. Uh, he tried to do the strip. He was just trying to generate a play that, you know, he, he kind of, we were 10 points down at that stage. And I think he was just trying to generate something and it didn't come off. But, hey, you give it credit. Some you got to give our players credit sometimes. That's what you got to try and do. It didn't come off, but I don't fault the effort. Um, so I've got to give him credit there. Siren, and I've given him 7.5. I thought he gave great service out of dummy half. Like, he wasn't doing what Egan does in terms of drawing the markers out or anything like that, but he got everyone onto the front foot. I thought he, he did a good job. And for what he was asked to do, you know, he's the MacGyver. He's the the Swiss Army knife. Um, he just, I think he did a good job. Tom Ali, I've given him an 8. I thought one of his... his probably his best individual performance game as a Warriors uh, in the first grade. thought really, really strong effort. Didn't tire, didn't fade. Tackles-wise, he made all of his tackles. Um, his hit-ups were all hard hit-ups, drawing three guys into the tackle. You know, all of his tackles, all, I think he drew, drew three guys in. Just played really good lines. He played a bit of ball-playing as well on some of the tackles. I really liked him, and he's pushing for a starting spot, if that's what Webster may see him as in the future. He may take Bunty's spot in my eyes. Um, would love to see it. I would really love to see it if he can take that spot and what the impact would be on the game. 
Uh, Tuo Piki, I haven't given him a mark. I just thought they didn't get that one right. I think if you're going to have a, a back on the field, I thought the injury to Tamaire Martin was a perfect time to use him. And so if Tamaire Martin went off with about 30 minutes left in the first half, they moved Walker out to 5-8 and then left CNK at the back. I reckon if they had pushed CNK back there um, and to put Tuo Piki there with half an hour to work with, something may have happened that we may have been able to get on top. But I can see now that now that Walker went out to the edge as as a five eight, I can see now with the team selection for this Tuesday why they may have gone with Walker first. Um, but you just want to see a bit more time for Tuo Picky. But anyway, guys, that's that's going to wrap up our player ratings. Okay, guys, it is team list Tuesday, and because I'm recording on this Tuesday night, I might as well share this team list with you guys. Now the outs, unfortunately, Tamaita Martin, we know that he's out for six to eight weeks. And Wade Egan is definitely out for at least a week with that HIA Category 1. So in the backs, we have at fullback, Charles Nicol Klogstad, uh, Edward Cossi and Marcelo Montoya stay on the wings. Billy Ami, Vailia and Adam Poppy stay in the centres. Now this is the ch- difference. Dylan Walker at 5'8", guys, and Sean Johnson at halfback. Uh, Adam Fanil Blake um, and Freddie Lussick and Bunty R4 make up the front row. And we've got the back row, we've got Jackson Ford and Bailey Surinan and then Tohu Harris at lock, technically at the moment. The interchange is interesting. We've got Tane Tuopiki, Josh Curran, Jazz Tavanga, and Tom Ale. Uh, and then Dallin Watenez Lesniak is 18th man, and Roland Volkman is the 19th man. So. We'll kind of break down the first one I think that stands out is definitely Walker, right? So with Walker coming in at 5'8", it's a clear sign that Webster doesn't believe Volkman's up to first grade level. Now I've said before that Webster isn't about rejigging the team. Uh, He wants like-for-like replacements. Um... So the natural like-for-like like would have been to put Volkman in there. Now, this is the first time he, I believe he's rejigged key positions. He's come to a tipping point in my eyes that he's no longer going to accept some of those defensive issues that have plagued his team over the last two games. And he said, enough's enough. Uh, Walker's going to go to 5-8. I think it's a good decision. I think you make that call right now and you say, okay, well, until I get Metcalf, either Metcalf back or Martin back, or you say, okay, Walker's done a good job, I'll take Volkman back in two weeks. Who knows? But for now, at least you're going to say, Walker's the guy at 5'8". I have no issue with that. I have no issue with that. I think it steals up the defense on the edge. I think... You're going to get a bit more actual dominance by Walker in terms of he'll call for the ball when he wants it. He's a footy player. He, he, he'll he get the ball that he wants when he and he'll have a plan. And I, I, I just want him to see him work with Violea this week, work on a plan, uh, work with Jackson Ford, just try and work out some plays, try and work out some lines, how they're going to play it, and then just just go for it. And I think Walker's the type of guy, he'll just go for it. He'll take on the line either himself 
or he'll put guys in through holes and and so this it's going to be really different style i think you'll see a lot more energy on the left hand side this week i think Vilea might get more touches i think there'll just be a lot more traffic on the left hand side which would be great to open that right hand side up for sj but what you're saying now if, you, if you're going to put walker at five eight you i, I believe you're committing to un, until metcalf or martin comes back you're committing to walker at five eight now you're losing someone off the bench there you're losing that 20 minute impact guy that Walker's been amazing at. He's the one that's lifted the energy when he's come on. So you're asking either Jazz, Tainto Opiki, Curran, or Ale to fill in that role at their first receiver role. Now Jazz, I know he can do it, um, but at this stage, I think we, we're going to miss a lot of of Walker off the bench. I don't know who technically would replace that. Those minutes. <clears throat> But maybe you might see a better start and then maybe a drop-off in the middle of the game. Who knows how they're going to use it. Uh, this team is one of the most fluid teams I've seen in terms of roles. Like, sometimes Tom Ali is the first receiver. Sometimes, like, I, f I feel these guys have been trained in the preseason to fill in at any place that's needed and they kind of know how to do it. It's a very, like, chameleon-type team in many ways. We have chameleon players like Walker, um, but a lot of our players are able to do certain roles at certain times, so it's, it's a credit to the versatility that we have. But I still feel you're going to lose something off the bench, um, and I don't know who the answer is. I don't think Toopik is the answer anyway. Now, of, uh, in the forwards, you've got Freddie Lussick coming in for Egan now. We know it's not like for like. We know we're not going to get the same type of dummy half exploitation that that Egan does but you're going to get something out of Freddie Glassick you're going to get good service front football uh, a decent defensive effort from what I've seen now I think he can hold his own weight um, he can play up to 60 minutes I believe 60 70 minutes he plays at home again so you know he's a bit more familiar with playing at Mount Smart I think he'll do a job for us um, now Bantia 4 remains in that position I know a lot of us want him to, to to be put on the bench, but Webster's happy with it. Um, but you just, you know, hoping he can continue to lift. Um, now Bailey Serenin is technically technically at, at on the second row, but we saw that last week in the team list. So I imagine Curran will actually come in. Although I do like to see Curran as an impact player. Now everything hinges on Torhu Harris. Like, really, everything hinges on him. And, and you really want him to start. I think it would just ease a lot of the pressure on a lot of these other guys like Jazz. You know, the walk, uh, walkers of the world. The um, Adam Fennell Blakes, even. It would just take a bit of the pressure off of the workload that these some of these guys have been doing. I hope he's fit and ready to go. Hey, if it's another week, I can wait. But he needs to play at the Storm game. We need him back by then, at least. Now, going into the bench, 2-0 picky. I don't know how this one works. I can't figure it out. Unless you take CNK and he plays some of those middle minutes or something like that, and then 2-0 picky goes to the back. The experiment with 2-0 picky didn't work last week. It were, That was evident. So you got to ask yourself, what is the plan here? Um, what, what, what happens? Have to trust in Webby. That's all we can do. Um, 
But then obviously Curran, Jazz, and, and Ali. I think that's a very good bench. Those three I like off the bench really quite a bit. And then lastly, you got Dellen, the 18th man. I think he, if he's ready to go, we need a bit of outside speed. Um, we saw with Corsi that he just doesn't have the, that type of speed that Dellen has. Uh, so I'd, I think we need a bit of dynamic speed at the moment in our team. I'd love to see it amongst this playing group, uh, how Dellen would go. So I, I think he takes Cossie's spot. Just that's how it is. If, if you're viewed as the number one guy, um, you just take you take that spot off of Cossie. I don't think we reshuffle the back line. Now, I know people are asking to move Pompey out, Violia out. Guys, let's not be too harsh on our team right now. I know people are panicking a little bit with with some of these players, but look at the work that Pompey's done. He's done a good job. Again, he's. I've said Pompey, he doesn't have outside speed. He doesn't have blistering speed. Violet actually has good speed. Uh, he just has some mental lapses, but Pompey's able to work within small spaces. He's gotten the best of Bradman Best twice. Um, uh, my issue with him is he had sucking in on defense, helping Sean out a bit. Sean may need to take some of those one-on-one -on -one tackles a bit more to allow Pompey to shift out to the edges. But some, I, I believe the edges, both centers, need to actually set an edge. They need to actually jump out of the line and create an edge to force traffic back inside. That's what the good centers do. Like if you look at when we played the Roosters, Manu and Suali, they actually set an edge so that we couldn't work. We either had to do the cutout pass over the top, or, or you know, you have to turn the, the the traffic back inside. We're just really passive on them on the edges at the moment. Um, I'll break down the squad against um, the Cowboys in the next episode, probably either tomorrow, I think, or on Thursday. But anyway, that rounds off the team list, guys. I'm going to go into the final thoughts, and we'll get out of here. Okay, guys, final thoughts. Now, I've just broken down some things that I feel as a fan base, you know, I'm reading a lot of comments that people are concerned about you know, the 60 points in the last two games. Now, it is a concern. It is a concern because, you know, are we trending downwards? You know, even though we beat the Sharks in the Miracle game, are we trending downwards defensively and, and, and energy-wise? That's going to be a tough question. That's what Webster has to try and figure out, how to find some more energy for this playing group. Um, now, guys, remember we have had a great start to the season. Four and two. No one would have picked four and two. I don't think I myself personally. I looked at the Sharks game last week and I thought that type of performance from a resilience standpoint and an effort standpoint. I wasn't expecting Webster to get that out of this team until next year. Like I thought he was maybe two years away from getting this team to to hit. And fire on all cylinders in, in, that, in that sense. So I've got to give him credit that he's hit the ground running as a coach. And the players have bought into that system. Um, you can't have that type of performance without players buying in. And especially the senior playing group. You know, agreeing and buying into Webster and leading by example. So it's I've got to give him credit for that. And we've got to, really, really got to highlight that. That we've had a good start. Four and two at this position. Look, we we saw losses to the the Cowboys. We saw losses to the Sharks. We saw losses to the to the um, 
to the who was the other team? The Roosters. We could have been easily two and four or three and three, but we're in four and two and going home in a strong position. I think is great. Um, now, do we trust our players to deliver? You know, there's been these massive question marks about our centers and other players. Bunty out for. Can we trust in them to deliver? Like I've I've talked about. You need quality. Um, I think the issue with if you try to rejig too much, guys, you actually lose a lot. Um, if you put CNK into the centers, can you trust that he will be a better center than a Violia? Or will he still have the same lapses that Violia has? Or can you trust that with Walker going into the halves that someone else will fill in his his role effectively and give us the energy that we need? This team is built on very specific play type player types with specific skills. Now, I believe we have great versatility, so I expect that some of our players will pick up those um, those roles. Um, but we've got to be patient with our players. We've got to support them. <clears throat> and, um, and especially with the injuries, guys, we've got to just fight through. We can't make excuses. That's That's not one thing that I believe in. I think you find ways to continue to turn up and perform. <clears throat> and just my last thought was, it still has to be one of the best seasons. <laughs> I have enjoyed watching the guys play you know, for a long time. <clears throat> so just be patient, enjoy the ups and downs. Hey, it's a long season. It's it's, it's going to be like this for a while. There'll be ups, there'll be highs, there'll be lows. It's part of the NRL. It's the toughest competition, rugby competition in my eyes in the world. So we're just going to hang in there. We're doing well, um, and hopefully the boys will turn up uh, on on Saturday with a bit of a freshness, new uh, you know new um, troops to come through and help help us get the win. But um, I'll just leave it at that, <clears throat> and I'll do another podcast maybe tomorrow night or Thursday, and I'll give a bit of time to to break this one down. Um, oh, it's, it's gone on for quite a while here, but. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I, I'm enjoying my time um, doing this. It is a lot of work um, once you get into it, but it's, I'm passionate about this club and about this team. And I appreciate, again, everyone's uh, support online. There's a really good group of, of, of people that uh, support this club, and I'm happy to be meeting them, talking with them. And um, But, hey, keep our heads up, guys. Keep your chins up. Um, enjoy this team yep we're having a, a bit of a low at the moment but i'm sure webster will have us bouncing bouncing back up so thanks for hanging in there with me guys if you made it this far but you can find me on was up podcast on instagram if you want to see some more content that i have on there otherwise uh, please follow this podcast like and share uh, with anyone that's a big warriors fan and i'll catch you guys on the flip side peace <laughs>